When I was a kid, my family and I, so us five, so I have three siblings, is we would play cards. Um, you know, some of you who are the, under the age of like 15, you're like, what is this? Um, but others of you, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I get that. You know, we would play 500 Rummy or there's a thing um, my family, family and I would play was Shanghai Rummy. And different type of rummy, but this card game, uh, when it had us five, and then when we would go visit family, we would have my aunts and uncles, we'd have almost 20 people around the table playing a card game, Shanghai rummy, that would take, and I'm not kidding you, like three or four hours at this card game. And, you know, we would ha- take our breaks for someone else to use the restroom. You'd do that. Or I got to get some cheese and crackers or cookies or much. You know, we would, you would do that. And that's just part of what we did. And the funny thing is, when we played this card game, um, as we're playing the game, and as you may know, things came up. And what I mean by things is stories came up. And, hey, remember when, you know, you know, so-and-so was five and we were at grandma's house and he ate one too many gummy bears and we know the rest of the story. Remember that? Oh, yeah, ha-ha, that was so great. Or remember when, you know, your older brother locked the keys in the car when he was 16 and he was out in the cold. And, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. So we would, like, you know, share stories of, of laughter or of comedy um, but even during those couple of hours of, of playing cards, um, you know, we would even share the sad stories of, hey, remember when, you know, we'd play this game when grandpa was here and he would always crack a joke. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Or remember when we would have 20 people around the table and people have come and gone and now we have 12 Yep, yep, I remember that. Yep, yep, yep. Or remember how that one day that we went to go visit so-and-so's gravestone and uh, we couldn't even get there because it was so windy and snowy. And yeah, I remember that. Yep, yep. And so during the card game, um, we would just share stories. And stories, you know, we didn't have iPads and iPhones and all those things. We actually had to play cards and sit across from each other and tell stories, you know, actually talk. You know, who does that these days? But anyways, um, it was it was fun. And, and I can still remember those hours and hours of playing cards and telling stories and, and sharing, like even struggles or successes that we had. Hey, remember when you flunked, you know, fourth grade? Yes, I remember when I flunked fourth grade. OK, we don't need to keep bringing that up, you know, like, but it was it was funny. We look back and we laugh now and. You know, the students shared a couple of stories. And I remember, again, when I was a kid playing cards, we would share stories. And some stories would last longer than others. And we'd be like, okay, like, Uncle Bob, you're done. All right, you told too many. That one lasted, you know, 25 minutes. Stop, okay? We don't need all the emphasis. We don't need to know what everyone's doing, okay? So just stop. And other ones were, like I said, short stories that got to the point. And we're like, I get it. And it reminds me of a story this morning um, from Luke chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to it. Obviously, it's in the New Testament for those of you um, following along. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you got the John, you went way too far. Let's go back. So Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 8. 
I believe it might be up on the screen. If not, then it's obviously in the Bible there. Um, so follow along here as we as we read. So we have verse 33. I'm going to pick up a couple of verses before. Um, let's start in verse 40. I think most of us were there. Uh, it says, Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man, a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet. Just want to pause there. A ruler. An official. Falling at the feet of Jesus. He implored him, begged him, pleaded with him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. I think some of us who are parents, I have two girls myself, I would plead to Jesus. I would beg him, as it says here, he's on his knees. Please, like, I'd be grabbing at his jacket. Come to my house, like, save my daughter. She's dying. Please, please, please. So what does Jesus do? As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And I love what the NIV says. It says the people crushed him. I mean, he's in, he's in a crowd of people, okay? Give or take 100 or 200 people. And everyone wants to be around Jesus, right? They're hearing all these miracles that he's doing. They're hearing the stories that he's doing. They're like, oh, we want to see what he's going to do next. So they're, like I said, it, it even says they were crushing him. Have you ever been at like a concert or like the Saratoga County Fair or... Um, Things like the Rotterdam Fair or whatever, or you're at um, a large fair and maybe you're waiting in line to get that funnel cake or something, or you're at a concert or you're at Demolition Derby and you know, you're next to this person, you're like, oh, creepy guy, don't touch me. Or like, you're a weird looking lady, don't touch me. You're like, oh, he smells, like, don't come near me. I mean, imagine that these people are crushing Jesus. And I love verse 43. <clears throat> and there was a woman. Who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. I feel like we could just stop there and say, wow, really? This woman almost like kind of comes out of the middle of nowhere, almost like interrupts the story. And it says, there is a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And although she had spent all her living, some have said like all she had others have said her whole life savings imagine like retirement gone 401k gone whatever they had during that day and age gone i've spent it all on doctors on medicine on prescriptions on all those essential oils like nothing's working jesus spent her whole life savings no doctor could heal her it says she could not be healed by anyone it almost like she's like i'm at my wits end i've hit rock bottom according to the levitical law um she was considered unclean so that means anytime she went into a group of people she would have to say unclean unclean almost like walk on the opposite side of the road like unclean don't touch me don't touch me so she's in this crowd not pronouncing anybody that she's unclean people people knew her like oh that's that woman She's almost like hemorrhaging or, or bleeding internally for 12 years. I mean, I wonder what people said about her. Some historians have said that um, 
because she was bleeding for 12 years and was unclean, not, not for a month or two months or 12 years, she was in a state of isolation. You can't go near her. She's unclean. You can't touch her. You can't look at her. She will make you unclean. She's isolated, probably depressed, um, has nobody, has spent all she had on doctors and no one can heal her. She's at her wit's end, came to the bottom or end of her rope. And I love this. She's humble here. She's broken. And, and to the point where, verse 44, she came up behind him, behind Jesus, and touched the fringe of his garment. Another gospel writer says, because she knew in her mind I can't heal myself, but Jesus can heal me. And I know that I know that I know that I know I've heard stories of what he's done to people. I've heard how he's healed people and touched people. And I know that if I just touch the fringe of his garment, I, I can't heal myself, but he, he will do that because he's Jesus. And it says this, verse 44, and I love what Luke says, immediately... Her discharge of blood ceased immediately. I mean, can you imagine this group of people crushing Jesus? This this woman's like crawling, probably on her hands and knees, just reaches out, touches the fringe of his garment. And she knows, she's like, oh my goodness, like, I'm healed. Like, this just happened. Like, I mean... Imagine the emotion that's going on right then and there. I mean, the last 12 years, the sleepless nights, crying herself to sleep, crying out to God, like, God, I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do next? I'm at my wit's end, at the end of my rope. I'm depressed beyond depressed. I hate my life, whatever it may be. Immediately she's healed. And I love Jesus says this, verse 45. And he says, who was it? That touched me. And we, you know, we're not there, but I can, I have an idea through the context here of what Jesus is saying that I don't think he's like, okay, stand up now. Who touched me? My interpretation is he's kind of like curious, like a rhetorical question, like, um, who touched me? And not to scold because when everyone denied it, you got to love Peter. It says, Master, come on. The crowd surrounds you. Everyone's pressing in on you. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Someone touched me, for I perceive that the power has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, I don't know. She was probably like excited or she probably knew like, okay, um, I, I know that I touched him. She's not hidden anymore. So maybe she unveiled herself, whatever that may be. She came trembling, falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people, just like the students did today. They were sharing, declaring, hey, this is what God has brought me through, declaring in the presence of all the people why she touched him. Okay, Jesus, like this is what happened. I was bleeding for 12 years. I was considered unclean. I was isolated. I was depressed. I cried myself to sleep every night like I had no no 
no friends, no family. I had no money. Uh, I'm at my wit's end. I've gone, you know, every medication, prescription. Uh, I've tried those essential oils. They're not working. Like, I've tried dieting. That's not working. Like, I've tried these, these things, and, I, and, and this is who I am. And, and what did I do? I, I knew that I, I know that I know that I know that if I just touched you, you would heal me, and, and I did it, and that's it. And, and I know, and I'm healed. And so, very vulnerable right here. They could have, who knows what they could have done. I'm like, well, you were unclean. You touched someone. You made him unclean. Like, we have to discipline you according to the law. She's like, I don't, I, honestly, I don't care. I'm clean. Jesus did it. I'm clean. This is who I am. And he said to her, I love this. He didn't say, get out of here, you, you worthless possession during that day and age women were just possessions leave from me how could you do that you know he didn't have as pastor brown was saying that that hammer behind his back like oh yeah yeah i know you touched me he says this ready daughter daughter your faith has made you well your confidence and trust in me has made you well I've seen you those sleepless nights. I've been there with you. And I know that you're at your wit's end. And it took a lot of courage for you to share your story in front of these people. But your faith has made you well. You're my daughter. Now go in peace. I mean, just imagine. I mean, I love when Jesus like just kind of silences a crowd. Like, What? What just, what did, what, what did Jesus just do? Jesus did that? Like, I mean, I don't know. I just, it's very encouraging that she had to essentially share her story. And who knows all that she shared with Jesus at that moment. But I do know that in sharing it and confessing it, as I was saying earlier, it provided healing for her. And I bet you any money, hope for those around. Because they're like, look what Jesus just did. Like, Jesus did that. And it took, it took courage for her to share her story. And it took, you know, like, I don't feel comfortable doing this. But you know what? It's what Jesus did. It's not what I've done. It's what he's done for me. And like I said, many of you got a card when you came in. And it's to encourage you. That maybe there's a part of your story that you need to share with someone to provide healing for yourself and to give hope to others. And I don't know what card you got, um, but that's our encouragement to you is to share your story, a snippet of your story to someone who needs to hear it. Because you know what? We all need to hear it. And it's my encouragement, like I said. Let's share our story because it's even part of our church mission to know, share, and take. So with that, will you join me in prayer? God, thank you so much.